The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through chapter 10, verse 8 through 20. It is found on page 1510 of your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. Matthew records, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you shall give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, It will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. And on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Matthew 9, 36, it says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed 
And they were helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 9, 36. So, once again, we hear that Jesus had compassion. This is that compassion that moved him deep down inside. It is a compassion that is primal and part of the essence of his being. The compassion of Jesus is one of the deepest, richest, and most comforting of his qualities. And the reason for his compassion is the state that the people are in. And the words that he uses, harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Well, those words tell us that the people were the constant target of an evil bully. They were like a flock of sheep that were surrounded by a pack of wolves. The wolves are constantly probing, constantly nipping at them. The wolves wonder which member of the flock is the weakest or the slowest. Constantly under pressure, the pressure of knowing that one false step these sheep sensed like the very essence of this. It's, I'm one stumble. I'm one sign of weakness away from the wolves making me their next meal. Things haven't changed that much. College students and others demonstrate today against the newest microaggression. Companies put their employees through so that they know what that means. I don't really know what that means, but it's, apparently it's bad. Microaggressions. And then we know that there are men, men who demand to be treated as women. And there are women who demand to be treated as men. And even though they can never have children, women wish to marry other women, and men wish to marry other men. In fact, I just read this. Some people want to marry themselves. I guess that's what you do if you want to be with somebody that always agrees with yourself or you. And at the same time, it's nothing new. At the same time, there are couples who are producing children and they don't want to marry. We know from hard statistics, hard numbers, that Planned Parenthood convinces mothers to kill their own babies to the tune of over 60 million since 1973 to today. 60 million and counting. And these are but a few examples. 
examples of people who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And as much as those people may make some of us nervous or uncomfortable, those people end up doing more harm to themselves than to anyone else. While their poor lifestyle choices may give brief pleasure, they find out that in the long run, they are always sad, they are always depressed, and they are never satisfied. And I don't know about you, but I often wish that they would just stop and listen and think. I wish there was a way to tell them that they are looking for love, they are looking for joy, peace, and fulfillment in all of the wrong places. Most of the problems that they have are of their own making. Now, of course, many people, many people are looking for love, joy, and peace and fulfillment in all the wrong places. There was a country song. You know, we are born, all of us, we are born with a desire for the spiritual or at least with a desire for our lives to have meaning. If you look at all of the art that searches for deeper meaning to life, we see that in paintings and sculptures and songs and books and movies and so forth. And there are religions all over the world that offer to help us learn what is beyond this world. You know, every, every human knows that something is missing. And they go out and search to find it. There are several possible outcomes to this search. Some search for a while, and then they give up and decide to get on with their lives as best they can. They take up diversionary activities to take their mind off of their dissatisfaction. And still others, incorrectly, they believe that they have found the answer. They too take up some sort of activity that helps them fulfill the requirements of that answer. And then finally, the truly honest seeker continues to search indefinitely, finding nothing that satisfies the need for meaning. And in the end, all searches lead to intense activity that accomplishes absolutely nothing. We are like little hamsters that are running on that wheel. We are expending a lot of energy, but we are not going anywhere. As Lewis Carroll said, he had the, actually he had the queen say to Alice, it takes all the running that you can do to keep in the same place. 
If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. The truth is that no mere human activity can ever find the true meaning of life. And the only, the only thing that a mere human search can find is eternal separation from God. And that is exactly what Jesus saw when he looked out at the crowd. That is still what we see as we look around us today. We see people endlessly searching for something they can never find. And that is the reason that his heart went out to them with such deep compassion. His compassion because he saw a meaningless struggle of their struggle for meaning. And that's the reason that Jesus stepped forward from his heavenly throne. That is the reason that he took humanity on to himself. That he became something infinitely greater than a mere human being. He, Jesus, became the God-man, Christ Jesus. He became the true man to take our place under God's law and fulfill it perfectly. He also took our place as the target of God's wrath, God's justice against our sin with his suffering and his death on the cross. Remember last week? God needed a way to kill sin but save the sinner. And Jesus stepped in. And as the Son of God, the ransom of his life, his suffering, and his death was enough to redeem the whole world from sin. And as true God, he defeated sin, death, and the power of the devil forever. And with his resurrection on the third day, he proclaimed the restoration of our relationship with God. He proclaimed victory, his victory, and he validated everything that he taught us during his ministry. His resurrection provides the assurance that the true meaning of life is ours once again. His resurrection promises that we too will one day rise from death to live with him forever. Jesus looked at the crowds that were around him, and he also looked beyond them to the hungry souls of all time. And he saw a vast harvest of souls ready for redemption. He said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And even as he instructed his disciples to pray for laborers to work in that harvest, he prepared 
his first disciples to carry on that exact labor. He called to him his 12 disciples. It's recorded in Matthew 10. He called together his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Jesus passed his mission on to the 12 disciples. He taught them about the true meaning of life. He taught them who he truly was and how he would save the world from sin. And then, and then he prepared them to carry his teaching to others. He gave them the privilege of harvesting. And then the harvest continues to this day. And God has had his laborers in every generation. He has thrown them into the harvest and passed the good news of Jesus Christ to generation after generation. When I was a little boy at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Moraga, California, we often had missionaries that made presentations on Mission Sundays, and I learned about mission activities in, a, in faraway places, places like New Guinea and the Philippines and Kenya and Liberia and so forth. And I, I thought that the work that these missionaries did was wonderful, and, and I still do. And at the same time, way back when, it didn't occur to me that there was mission work to be done right at home. I tended to think of the harvest as something that people did in faraway lands with exotic names. And while it is marvelous, it is absolutely marvelous that the church of God continues to spread and grow in those faraway lands, there is also a harvest right here at home. These 12 that Jesus sent out, he instructed them in Matthew 10, 5 through 6. He said, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now Jesus, well, he did not send these 12 to some faraway land on that day. He sent them to their neighbors to the lost sheep of Israel. They were the sheep without a shepherd. And yes, we know that the day would come when Jesus would say, go therefore and make disciples in all nations. You remember that, the thing. That's in Matthew 28, 19. And God does. He calls some to work in nations that are far away but he also calls some to labor in the harvest nearby. And the Great Commission is not about going to faraway lands. Instead, it is about confessing your faith as you go about your daily living, as you're living out your vocations, where you find yourself right now. I got a challenge for you. At your earliest convenience... Open up your small catechism in the very front and check out the phrase that Martin Luther appends to the title of each section of the book. 
you will find after each heading that Luther added the words, as the head of the family should teach it in a simple way to his household. And some of you are already heads of households. Some now or in the future that are hearing this sermon are still preparing to become heads of households in the future. Luther wanted you all to know that the closest mission field to you is under your roof. There are people in your own family. There are people in your own family that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord has given you the opportunity to confess your faith to them. Let us give thanks this day, this Father's Day, for the laborers that the Lord of the harvest has sent into his harvest. And let us continue to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then even more people can hear the good news that Jesus Christ is true God and true man and that he redeemed us from sin, from death, and the power of the devil. And he did that with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death so that we shall be with him forever, even as he has risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.